Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Between you and me, I always knew that I needed life insurance, but I just kept putting it off. Then I found the Gerber Life Guaranteed Life Plan, and it took all the worry out. Now, I know I won't be a burden to my family because it can help cover my final expenses. If you're between 50 and 80 years old or 50 to 75 in New York, your coverage is guaranteed regardless of your health history, and there are no medical exams required. Simply text INSURE to 30555 to get your free personalized quote today. See website for terms and restrictions. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, joined by Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi. Today, we'll be talking about the 45th Annual Daytime Emmy Awards and getting Supporting Actress winner Cameron Grimes from The Young and the Restless on the phone to talk about her big night. So, Mara, you and I just came back from Los Angeles. We got to attend the 45th Annual Daytime Emmy Awards. Uh, It was a big night, uh, especially a big night for Days of Our Lives. Um, So let's just talk about the show itself. What were your initial thoughts? My initial thoughts was that it was extremely well produced. I am a sucker for a good montage. So I had to dab at my eyes multiple times between the tributes to General Hospital and you did uh, Young and the Restless. Yes, I am a I am a montage sap. I admit it. Uh, what about They were yourself? really amazing. Actually, I thought the montages were one among my favorite parts of the night because I really love seeing all those historical clips put together. And then I thought it was cool how they got the full casts up on stage and just have their moment. Um, I mean, not for nothing. I also like the Wheel of Fortune montage because that's a big show in uh, my dad's house yeah absolutely so I just thought all of that together it just made it for a really great night I also loved just seeing Bill and Susan Hayes get their lifetime achievement award Um, I think the biggest surprise for me after working here for almost 28 years is that Brian Cranston had a short-term role on Days of Our Lives because I never knew that. And he was, of course, part of Bill's tribute as a fun surprise. And he told just such an amazing story about being late on his first day of work ever at Days and like two hours late Mm -hmm. and Bill knocking on his door and rather than scolding him or, you know, giving him like a speech about it, he really just filled Brian in on what he had missed in the hours that he was late and how Brian has tried to take that attitude to his own sets and it was just I thought that was really amazing obviously that speaks to what a mensch he is and I think gives a sense of why there was so much joy in that room for them to get this recognition because they are so dearly beloved by uh, all of their friends and family at days 
You know, also speaking of days, I have to say, as the editor who covers the show, I was not unhappy to see all of those amazing wins. Um, First of all, Jim Reynolds getting lead Mm. actor was just incredible. Um, I had talked before on the podcast about Greg Vaughn and how excited he was to even get his first nomination and now to get his first win is just so incredible. And he was just completely delighted. Um, And then, of course, the show getting outstanding directing, writing, and drama series in the same night, which um, incidentally is something that has not happened since 1979, and it has only happened once before, well, twice before, but with the same show, Ryan's Hope. So that's a pretty amazing feat. Absolutely, and Days also hadn't gotten a directing win since 1974. Uh, So, I mean, it's just amazing. It was clearly their year. There was just an electricity. We were seated not far from the Days of Our Lives section, and there was a genuine electricity going on uh, in that in that room that was very cool to be part of. And what I actually thought was cute was how Greg and Sal Stowers got to present um, outstanding directing and just the joy in their faces to look over at their section of cast and crew to announce the winner was uh, it was just so nice to see. And I will tell you, I was at the uh, after party for NBC and the level of joy and excitement in that room was unbelievable um they were just you know of course you should be so happy you yeah one but they really were like it was just a really it was a nice evening and just really like light and everyone was so excited to celebrate with each other there were some amazing speeches from both bruce evans who um oversees the show from the network side and then Oh, and then Ken Corday, something people might not know this was kind of an amazing moment at the after party when Ken finally came up to speak he actually presented the award to Bruce and oh, wow told Bruce to keep it in his office um, and everyone in the room was just like oh like it was a really it was a nice moment and just a nice moment just to see such a you know nice relationship between the show and, and the network not that that isn't common it is but you know you don't really see that a lot so or you don't get to see that a lot right well let's talk about some of the things that happen in that room that people who watched on streaming might not have been privy to I think we should start with what happens if you go to the ladies room during the show which Full disclosure, Mara and I did when we looked at the program and saw that there was a break in between the soap opera categories. So the way the auditorium is set up, there is a bar and basically reception area almost or lobby area where hundreds of people can congregate. And apparently that is what they do during the show. So we came out and there was like a raucous crowd out there, not only just chatting with each other, but sidling up to the bar. Absolutely. And I will not lie, we saw more than a few glum person. I don't want to call them losers, but people who didn't win, who were consoling themselves by the bar. Yes, we and, did. And uh, they don't uh, let they don't let the audience who's congregated back, uh, out there back into the show until there's a logical break in the action on stage. So you can be out there for 20, 25 minutes. I remember last year if people watched uh, the the uh, the award show, they had, I think right before they presented Outstanding Younger Actor, they had a parade of beagles. And I was stuck out in the lobby, not only with the 
people who hadn't taken home their Emmys and people sidling up to the bar, but like 75 beagles. I was like, what is even happening? So this year there were no beagles, but there was still the uh, the wait in the lobby to be allowed back in. And we did and get back in just in time to see Days win outstanding writing. Thank God. I mean, I really would have been upset had we missed that. Oh yeah, I we mean, were panicking was so a bit. Frustrating for sure. Um, but they were not. There were not only actors drowning their sorrows. During the show, I feel that when we left the show, there was another group who was sort of just recapping the night and um, discussing the winners and perhaps some surprises. Yes, there were there were some sour grapes to be had that evening. But of course, a lot of people also like very genuinely happy for the success of their co-stars and their friends. And all around, I thought a great night. I agree. You know, I think what was interesting, if we talk about the lead actress category, I feel that a lot of the conversation I heard really boiled down to, in a sense, kind of who from GH would win because you had three such strong, incredible actresses in that category in the form of Laura Wright, Maura West and Nancy Lee Gron, who all had amazing years, amazing reels. And then Eileen Davidson, who, hello, she had a huge year as YNR's Ashley actually came in and got the prize. And um, from what I heard later, she was completely stunned. And um, I almost think like you could see it if you look at the photos from the press room, you know, you could just see it that it's almost like registering on yeah, her Yeah, like face. it hasn't completely sunk in yet, for sure. You know, very easy to be happy for her. Uh, it, you know, how can you not be happy for these people? It's such a joyful moment in their lives and careers. Uh, even if you're rooting for one person, you just feel emotional for them when they get up on that stage, if it's a different person who ends up whose name ends up being called. But I have to say that I don't think that there was a more emotional speech made by a winner than James Reynolds' speech. It was uh, really special to witness in person. And I felt like you could feel in the room how revered and respected he is by his uh, colleagues and peers in Salem. Oh, absolutely. And I will say just from a personal standpoint of covering the show, he is just the really one of the nicest men. He's always so gracious. He gives a lot of time. He's a great interview. He has a lot of great stories. There's just, I don't know anyone who has anything bad to say about James Reynolds, period. And I'm so excited for him that he won. That was so amazing. Um, You know who else I was actually very happy for? Rome Flynn for Bold and Beautiful. And Besides the fact that I feel he had done good work over the course of his time at Bold and Beautiful, he really was always so, I don't know, painfully honest about his disappointment when he didn't get nominations on Twitter. And it just made me feel badly. So for him to get the nomination and then the win this year, I just, I don't know, I felt like a personal victory for him, never mind the professional one. He leaves Bold and Beautiful and then boom, he turns up on the finale of How to Get Away with Murder as what will be a new character in the series. So it's quite a year for him, I will say. And I have to give a shout out to Chloe Lanier. Uh, First of all, we had said in her uh, interview in the magazine in advance of the show that her parents weren't coming, but there was a last minute change made. Her parents were in the house when she took home her uh, daytime Emmy for Outstanding Younger Actress. So not only was she reveling in her victory, hosting family but she still took time by the end of that weekend to do an interview with soap opera digest for uh the issue that we were closing on tuesday and uh 
great friend to the magazine. So I was very happy for her, too. Well, speaking of the magazine and the Emmys, we have a story in the new issue. An inside report has the daytime Emmy process improved. Now, we both spoke to a bunch of people Mm -hmm. behind the scenes. Um, Some people were on the record. Some were off the record about what they think. Um, I think the biggest takeaway was that Yes, people feel the process has improved, but they feel there's more room to grow. Right. And it's interesting because a lot of people admitted that they couldn't quite put their finger on how they would fix the things that they think are still wrong with the system. And people do appreciate that a lot of the changes that have been made over the past couple of years have been made in response to meetings that are held after the show each year where the people who are nominated uh, or were in contention, have a chance to express their their gripes uh, and say what they felt worked and didn't. And some of those changes that were made, for instance, are now uh, actors' reels can encompass scenes from four sh- up to four shows. It used to be two. Prior to that, it was one. And also, uh, you don't have to put every single scene in your reel. So you can kind of shape a narrative in a way. Uh, which was not something that actors had the ability to do in past years. No, and I think that was always their biggest criticism is that, is that they would say, oh, I had this really great show, but then there were like some moments within the show that weren't as great. Or that just weren't that impactful because maybe you're just in the background of a scene. If you were in that scene, into your reel it went. Right. Yeah. Yeah, very different. You know, also you can now watch them at home. There used to be like a, an actual blue ribbon panel convened and you would have to go and you would sit in a room and you mm-hmm. would you would view them and judge them and that's another thing that people have said makes it more convenient and makes them a little more motivated to vote however i will tell you that i saw someone at the pre-cocktail gathering before this year's emmys who said to me that he sort of watches the first three minutes and makes his decision then. So if you have a 20-minute reel and you've sort of put your best stuff at the end, you know, not everyone might be seeing it. I can't imagine that this particular actor who I spoke to is unique in his approach. That's absolutely right. There are so many variables like that that you hear about when you talk to people about what in what went into how they judged and who they picked. And I don't know how an actor would possibly account for all those variables in trying to craft a reel, but there very much are things like that. Or we have heard people say, you know, I I thought this person was great, but I could not bring myself to put them first for this reason or this reason. Sometimes personal feelings do come into into play and there's no way to guard against that. Absolutely. I mean, certainly I have heard from actors who maybe are aware that other actors have won multiple Emmys and they don't want them to win another one. I know that maybe kind of sounds like sour grapey or maybe petty, but it does happen. And so perhaps that person will be put number two as opposed to number one um, for a year that they may deserve it. I think it's hard to, to, I mean, look, for the most part, actors tell me they do not vote personally Mm -hmm. but I think at the same time it's very hard if you worked with an actor and you didn't have a good experience with them on your set and then here they are on another show and they're up for an Emmy I don't know how inclined you might be to vote for them or maybe you are maybe you could just put it aside and say that was our personal relationship this is a professional situation I'm going to vote honestly but I think the point is that is a system where there's no way to have checks and balances that totally erase that human factor uh likewise you know if if you've been on multiple shows and you are 
a well-liked person and have been a well-liked person throughout the length of your career, no matter what show you've been on, someone might be more inclined to throw their vote in your direction because you're a friend, you were a colleague, and you have good feelings about them. Yes, I've heard that too, that they sort of, some people will just look at the list of names and watch the first few minutes and maybe they don't really eh, have like a feeling one way or the other, but they're like, oh, I love X. I'm going to yeah, vote for them. Right, right. You know, it's a small industry and and uh, the word incestuous was used to me and with one of the insiders that I spoke with speaking about uh you know how what you know what are you gonna what can you do there's there's no you know it's it's probably the same for the oscars you know you made a movie with that person and now they're up for supporting actor they get my vote you know right. who knows there there are those variables like that but the one thing i will say is that i feel on this in this particular year that bold and beautiful was not fairly represented for the year that they had i really expected to see many more of their actors in contention. And so I wonder if being a half an hour show and fewer people voting from within the cast affects the ultimate results. And is there a way around that? Right. Well, one of the things I I did hear uh, in helping to put this story together is that each show is limited to the same number of cast members who can do the the blue ribbon panel, meaning there are as many actors from B&B voting on the ultimate winner as there are from the shows that are hour long and have larger casts. So there is an equity there. But I think with the prenom, uh, I think you're probably right. I think that the shows that have a larger uh, number of, of cast members are advantaged there. Well, I guess we'll have to see what happens with next year's Emmys and if there are changes made Mm -hmm. and how they ultimately affect who we see up for nominations and who we see win. Indeed. So now we are going to get Cameron Grimes on the phone to talk about her fabulous win for Outstanding Supporting Actress. Hi, Cameron. Hi. Thanks for joining us. Of course. So congratulations on winning the Emmy. Thank you so much. Obviously, this isn't your first rodeo, but this is the first one that you're really old enough to like remember the event from beginning to end. How does this win feel different to you? You know, I think you just said it perfectly. It's, uh, uh, you know, it's the one that I can remember. So it's that much more enjoyable. Um, you know, I kind of really have an understanding now of, of what it what it means and especially of the, you know, the gravity of the performance that I was wanting to give and being recognized by your peers. It just uh, it hits home a, a little bit, a little bit more. <laughs> um, so you're sitting in the audience. The category comes up. What is going through your head as you're hearing the names called and then the envelope opened? Honestly, I really wasn't nervous until that moment because I didn't think that I was going to win. And then it wasn't even so much that I was nervous. Like, I just wanted it to be over because I was like, I had I had these nerves and I had these like feelings as they were calling my name because you then realize that your tape and your reel is being shown to like a whole like audience full of people and you kind of get nervous for a second. And, uh, and it was in that moment that my best friend, uh, Robert Adamson, Bob, uh, you'll hear me call him Bob. He like reached down and he like grabbed my hand and I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I was like, I'm good. <laughs> so when you heard your name called, what did you, what went through your head or what did you think? Well, all I heard, what's funny is all I heard was my name, like Cameron, and then I heard Bob scream. <laughs> I heard him yell. So he like leapt up before me. He was he was like the first person up and he was like, Yeah I heard him like yell and then I didn't hear my last name. 
And I just was like, okay, here we go. And I was and then walking to the stage. I was like, oh, my God, I didn't think of anything to say. I didn't think of anything to say. What are you going to say? <laughs> <laughs> well, you couldn't tell. Like, you you gave a great speech. What are you going to say? You have to go up there and say something. <laughs> I, I couldn't have, yeah, we, we would not have been able to tell you were so poised and, you know, not only gave thanks, but honored and recognized, uh, you know, the fans as well. So nice, nice job in that three panicked seconds. Oh, thank you. Uh, I want to know, you know, you were nominated uh, a, uh, with one of your frequent scene partners, uh, Michelle Morgan. What did oh, you yeah. guys say to each other after it was all said and done? Um, I went backstage for a really a long time um doing interviews and stuff like that and then we uh when i finally saw her again like of course yeah i'm 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 close with michelle it's we it's it's not like i walked up to her and she was like you why i oughta (laughs) (laughs) it was a we hugged and i made sure to you know give a little hug and uh you know and and like oh my gosh sort of to every uh, every other girl that had been nominated in the category like I am sorry I didn't think this would happen <laughs> um, but uh, but Michelle was was her usual amazing self and I just gave her a big hug and told her how much you know she means to me and how much I love working with her and and uh, and that I think that she is brilliant beyond measure um, so tell us about your night after the ceremony what would you do? We saw you at the GH party, so tell us about um, your celebration. So the uh, CBS has a after party for Bold and the Beautiful and Young and the Restless, um, and it's like right next door. My feet were killing me, um, like actually killing me. And we walked over. I like had my shoes in my hand. I had the Emmy. Like I had a million things in my hand. <laughs> walked over to the CBS after party met a couple of friends. I think we were there for like, like I hadn't eaten. I was starving, got some food in my system. And then I just remember like standing there with Bob and I was like, do you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I, w- I really want to go. Um, Cause in that, and it's not, not because I didn't, I had made the rounds. I kind of said hi to everybody. And then in that moment, I just wanted to be with my friends. I just wanted to celebrate with my friends in the way that we do stuff. And so I turned to him. I was like, okay, here's the plan. <laughs> We're going to go back to my house. I'm going to change into a t-shirt and jeans. We're going to go to residuals tavern. I'm going to bring the Emmy. I'm going to text everybody. And that's like exactly what, I did. I went to Residuals Tavern in Studio City, which is our, like, our little, we play trivia there. Me and my friends play trivia there. We do karaoke. Like, it's our local, you know, our local dive bar. And went there, and I played darts and hung out with my friends and brought my Emmy. You brought your Emmy. I love that. Did you, you did not karaoke that night? I do, because I, like, because everybody knew it was happening, so, like, I walked into the bar and, like, the bartender was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just had a lot of people screaming with joy in your face that night, Cameron. <laughs> so I was like, I just want to go play dark. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, your reel, which was so lovely, uh, a lot of it, obviously, 
was about Mariah wrestling with her burgeoning feelings for Tessa and, uh, you know, questioning her identity and her sexuality. What did those scenes mean to you at the time that you shot them? And now as you look back on the fact that they they got you another Emmy? They meant a lot to me in the moment. They still mean a lot to me. Um, I just really felt strongly that I wanted to do it right and I wanted to do it honestly and I felt like the best way to like the best way to do that was just to play play the real emotion that goes into you know falling for somebody you know Mm -hmm. and I there's no difference when you fall for somebody you know there's no it, it doesn't it doesn't have a gender it doesn't have a label it doesn't have a you know it's it's the same for everyone there's joy and there's confusion and there's hurts and there's you know (laughs) and there's insecurity and there's doubt um so I just felt strongly that I just wanted to play all of that and just play it very realistically and I I'm I hope that that I did it right and you know when I thought of all of my friends who um are all of my LGBTQ friends and, you know, I talked to them a lot about the story and that I was kind of embarking on this and, you know, I asked them, like, what would you want to see? And not that I have control over the writing, but I was like, well, what would you want to, what would you want to see? And and so I, I just felt strongly that I wanted to just do right by them. And would you like to see that story between Tessa and Mariah further explored now? Sure. I, I mean, I, I don't get much control over story, but it's 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 canon now. There's no and and we're not you know it's not getting erased. Like Mariah is pansexual or bisexual, whatever it is, like you want to call it, um, and that's not that's not going away. So there are lots of options out there for for my character, and um, whether that's you know, exploring something with Tessa or, you know, or another character, there's, you know, it's kind of this wide open world for Mariah now. And she didn't, she didn't realize that this was a part of her. And so she's exploring, still exploring these unknown parts of herself and, you know, and hopefully with other people or, or Tessa or (laughs) I know that they're still, uh, well, they're still in con. I can't give away too much, but sure there will you can. be Mariah <laughs> and Tessa. There's, there will be Mariah and Tessa story explored. That I will say. Uh, I want to also ask you about uh, YNR's recent episode that focused on the four women with a little uh, side of inebriated Mariah. Uh, was that a fun <laughs> episode for you to shoot? That was so much fun. I've actually never played drunk before. I never played drunk before, and Mal told me about this episode they were doing and the way that it was structured. And I was like, wait, am I going to be a part of this? And he was like, no, you're not going to be a part of this, but you're going to be drunk. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay. Okay, cool. That sounds great. Um, And I, what's funny is I kind of got nervous beforehand because I hadn't done it before i hadn't played drunk before and i was like oh no what if i'm like too big or too like what if i don't what if i'm not good at playing drunk um kind of i was was like i don't i don't really know how to go about this so they had a bottle of tequila on set like we we couldn't drink it obviously we were just drinking like gross margarita mix 
<laughs> with nothing else. <laughs> but they mm. had, because one of the props was a bottle of tequila, and they just covered it in their own label. So I got to sniffing it, like smelling it. So before every scene would start, I took like, I would like put the bottle like next to my nose and I would take a big smell of it. And then I would, um, I would lean my head over. Like I'd, I'd like, I'd lean over upside down so the blood rushed to my head <laughs> and I'd stay like that until they yelled like action. And then I'd pop up. And so like, I got this sort of woozy feeling and I had the smell of tequila in my nose. So it kind of like, it created an air of inebriation. Some method acting yeah, there. Well done. Very good tricks. So I hope anyone who's listening to this who has like, to play drunk soon. <laughs> Talk about working with Sharon Case. You guys have such an amazing on-screen dynamic. And your scenes together are just always so fun. So much history there. Oh, thank you. And I think that's, you know, I think that's exactly it. You know, when you tune into a scene between Sharon and I, it's not just two actors. There's a lifetime, literally a lifetime of uh, of history between us. And that plays into the way that we work off of each other in ways that I think sometimes surprise us. So, you know, we just, we kind of just go for it and we see what we discover in the moment, I mean, she's so she's so brilliant. She doesn't have to run anything ever. And she knows her lines through and through. And we, um, you know, sometimes we'll get on stage and we won't run, but we find these amazing things in the scene, in the moment. We find these things in the scene that we'll talk about afterwards, and we're like, "Whoa, where did that come from? That was so cool." And I think that's our um, that's our connection. That's our history. You know, it's very rare that you get two people and two characters that can play off of something like that and that can use something like that. You know, it's now 20 plus years of being on the show and working with her. And I think that's kind of the excitement, at least for me, is when I get to, you know, when I read these awesome scenes that they write with Sharon, I just am like, they're going to be they're going to be great. They have to be great because we we have a lifetime of working off of each other. Well, they do come across amazing. Um, and of course, you have also some really terrific scenes with Michelle Morgan, who we mentioned. What do you like about that uh, Mariah Hillary dynamic? It's just Mariah and Hillary are the quintessential definition of frenemies. I mean, there could not be a more perfect Like, they're at each other's throat when you want them to be at each other's throat. And then they're sort of weirdly protective and supportive of each other at times. It's really complicated. And it's kind of great. It it works the way that it is. You know, I've I've had people wanting to see them get in another, like, fist fight. I've had people like, why can't they just be, like, the best of friends? But that's not, they're so different as characters that, like, it's almost impossible for them to be close, close. But they weirdly are sometimes each other's biggest support and the closest person to them outside of, you know, their family. It's really fun. Definitely. All right. Well, before we let you go, I have to know, where is your Emmy right now? My Emmy right now is on my kitchen table. (laughs) (laughs) Um... My roommate is probably having coffee with it as we speak. (laughs) 
Um, but <laughs> but it will eventually uh, travel to either my grandparents to meet my first one, <laughs> or it will it will be at my dad's. That that's between my families because one's at my my mom's side of my family, my grandparents, and I'm thinking the other should go to my dad's side. Very but fair. That, that's for them to hash out. <laughs> that's for him to them to hash out because I I don't I don't I don't want them in my my house it's just like i don't know i don't know (laughs) having like two emmys in my apartment would be just like weird (laughs) for me there's it's better if they're better with my families they can talk about it they can look at it they can they can brag about it i just imagine like bringing like a date home and then being like what the (laughs) oh yeah those are my two like no i can't do that i can't pull that off (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh no big deal just my two emmys i i i, I like where yeah, you're coming like, from I can't, I can't make that work how would i do that <laughs> well cameron it was a thrill to uh get to see it in person for both of us and we thank you so much for your time and for joining us today and congratulations again thank you guys of course i'm glad we could do this again all right i'll talk to you guys later bye cameron bye. okay bye Thank you for joining us. Be sure to pick up the latest issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast of Dishing with Digest.